Hi, this is Dick Morris. Welcome to my show every Sunday between noon and one. And I was a former advisor to President Clinton and to President Trump. Uh, The race in Virginia and the race in New Jersey for governor of those states is is, uh, not only tightening. I think in Virginia, the Republican youngkin may have moved into the lead. Uh, I think that in both states, there's a very significant chance of a huge upset Republican victory. Biden carried Virginia by 10 points. He carried New Jersey by about 20 points. And uh, if those states flip and go Republican in this election, it'll have a huge impact, not just in Virginia and Washington. That's the least of the problems. It'll be huge in Congress because all of the Democratic congressmen that are sitting there on the fence wondering whether they're going to go down the line and walk the plank for Biden – now we'll finally realize that that path is suicidal and that there is very little chance of their being able to be reelected, that Biden is not a, uh, a balloon to lift you up. He's a block of concrete to drag you down to the ocean floor. Now, what's particularly interesting is the two issues that are moving the Democrats down in Virginia – are the vaccination and the mandate and education. So with the vaccination mandate, African-American voters in particular are turning on the Democrats for demanding layoffs of people that won't be vaccinated. They don't want to be hit with the best shot. Uh, Their view of many African-Americans is that there's a long history of medical experimentation on blacks uh, and that that caused huge problems. There was that syphilis study where they knowingly infected African-Americans with syphilis to be able to test their immune response. It was horribly racist and they were never told that they were being experimented upon. The percentage of blacks that have had shots uh, has uh, is, is very low. Uh, it's uh, about 25 points lower than of whites. And when the administration said that you have to lay off workers that are resisting vaccination, that was a message to fire black people. And the African-American vote is saying, hey, you're going to fathers and mothers and saying we are going to cut off the money that you need to feed your children, to pay your rent, to survive. We're going to fire you from a job you may have had for years or decades on which you may depend. And all of this because you won't get the shot. You won't get the vaccine. And this is a shot against a disease that is being eliminated. Uh, the six-day or seven-day running average of new cases uh, is down over 25% since the 1st of October. And uh, winter is approaching. It's getting colder. So the usually flu deaths, and the virus acts like a flu, uh, increase as the winter goes on. And yet here they're decreasing. 
And the other point is that if I'm immune from COVID when I get a shot, why the hell should I care whether you get a shot or not? It's your business. It's not my business. I'm not going to get infected. I'm immune. I'm bulletproof. I've had the shot. Now, immune doesn't really mean immune. In fact, my uh, my niece and her husband just got COVID, even though they had both had had both shots. But it was a very mild case of COVID. They, basically, they thought it was the flu, and they went to get tested. And the fact is that deaths from uh, people who have had two shots are really minimal. They're they're rare, and uh, so it's no danger to me who's been un- if if I'd been unvaccinated. Uh, that, I mean, to me, if I'd been vaccinated, that you have not been. So why are we telling people we'll fire them, we'll lay them off, we'll cost them their jobs if they haven't been vaccinated? It's outrageous. And it is hurting uh, the Democrats in Virginia. It's dragging them down. The second issue that's dragging them down is the, is the whole issue of education. Uh, parents in Virginia are in total revolt against the requirement that critical race theory and gender diversity be taught in schools. Uh, They do not want their kids to be taught that. They don't want their kids to be turned into racists. Uh, Think about a fourth grader in in a Virginia school, a white kid who's sitting there learning that his parents' advancement and their house and their car is all because they exploited black people. That, that he's racist, his parents are racist, and the entire society is based on racism. Or think of a kid who's, uh, whose parents are getting divorced and they're an interracial couple. This is a prescription for, for disaster where they have to choose one parent over the other because uh, their black uh, father uh, is, ex- is being exploited by their white mother. And the, the whole idea that this exploitation is built into the race structure of the country is just terrific. So McAuliffe was asked about that, the Democratic candidate was asked about that as he was campaigning. And he said, parents have no right to tell teachers what to teach. Uh, and this is a frontal assault on the efforts of parents to control the information that's coming to their children as opposed to letting the government feed them whatever garbage they want to feed them. So education has finally become a key issue with uh, McAuliffe opposing school choice and Youngkin supporting it, supporting vouchers, supporting charter schools. When some loud bragger tries to put me down and says this school is great, I tell him right away, now what's the matter, buddy? Ain't you heard of my school? It is number one in the True to your school or critical of your school if you want to be. And education and school choice is looming large in the Virginia race. Now, education is one of the absolute base issues of the Democratic Party. Within the party, the strategists refer to the three E's, elderly, education, and environment, as the core issues that animate the Democratic Party. And that is they're increasingly losing one of those issues, education. And if they lose the race in Virginia over that, 
it really sets up potentially a shift of a major issue from one party to the other. That hasn't happened in a long time, uh, and and it's a very significant change. Uh, let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Hey, Larry, how are you? Um, also, you know, I believe that Kyrie Irving is, is a hero, this basketball player, because, like you said, why the hell if all the NBA players are vaccinated? He can't, he can't infect anybody. He's the one that's at risk. So, I mean, really, this, this parents, it's like a parents' patriot model that's unbelievable. Because if they're not so kind, if, if they were such kind people, would right. they be letting the, uh, the, the, the the border be infested with people yeah. that are not vaccinated? So, so and, and, this whole, and you it's know such an I mean? internal it's contradiction, Larry, because they're saying, get the shot, get the shot. It'll protect you. But even if you get the shot, you still have to uh, wear a mask. You still have to try to get other people vaccinated, and they're a threat to you if they're not vaccinated and will fire them so they can't work on your airplane or they can't uh, be, your, be the cop on your beat. Uh, this is uh, crazy. It is absolutely insane, and the Democrats are losing because of that. Uh, give me a call at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Let's go to Glenn in Westchester. How are you, Glenn? All right, Mr. Morris. And uh, the thing is, uh, critical, I call it critical brainwashing, the invasion of America. People should realize that you're going to have 5 million new uh, neighbors this year. And over four years of the Biden administration, there will be 20 million legal, illegal, also people with visa uh, violations. That will be about 5 million this year. And the problem is... Through the 65 Immigration Act, the Democratic Party, the hard left now, has brought in a whole new set of voters. They've changed the voters. You know, you're a smart guy. In 1960, they would not be pushing critical race theory to little kids, and Americans would never put up with an invasion on the southern border. But unfortunately, 50 percent of the country agree with this. We cannot keep telling people this is candy land. It's going to get better. A spoonful of sugar will make the medicine go down, and you'll accept this. This is insane. People have to realize inside this country now, there are millions of people who hate this country. Now, Mr. Morris, you are a smart guy. The New York City's mayor's race, right? Glenn, I, I want to interrupt you there. Uh, sorry, there is a very new finding that's coming in in the polling that's going on that I'm conducting with John McLaughlin. Uh, Latinos, Hispanics, who have gone from being solidly Democrat to leaning Democrat to slightly Democrat, where Trump got about 40% of the Latino vote in 2020, having only gotten about 27% in 2016, It looks like they are now moving even further to the right. It looks like Latinos in the coming elections going on, uh, particularly in New Jersey, are very possibly going to vote Republican. Uh, The shift there is uh, is remarkable. It's absolutely incredible. And uh, and I think that it is not it is not because of the immigration issue. It's not over illegal immigration. What is over is patriotism. These are folks who chose to come to America. Some of them came illegally. Many of them came legally, but in any case, came at risk to themselves in a whole new land where they didn't necessarily speak the language. And they are patriots. They are true patriots. They come to America. They come to America. 
So don't assume that those Latinos who have come to America, or even the ones who are coming now illegally, are Democratic votes. They may start that way, but after a while in this country, they move to the right and increasingly become Republicans, driven by the lack of patriotism and the scorning of America by the radical left. They're saying, hey, don't put this country down. I came here. I risked my life to do it. I know what socialism is like from my old country, and I want you to honor this country, not deface it. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling of something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Welcome back to the Dick Morris Show. This is Dick Morris. Every Sunday between noon and one, uh, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am. Economists in Wall Street are sounding the alarm. Investors are ignoring, and investors are ignoring the parallels between 29, and today, years in which there were huge recessions. We are now in an everything bubble, and investors are now betting on the Fed. The Fed has threatened to raise rates six or seven times through 2024. If Washington doesn't raise the debt limit, it'll be called an economic catastrophe. And next on the Democratic agenda is the largest tax hike in a generation. Meanwhile, Biden is weaponizing the IRS to go after ordinary Americans and reveal their tax records. Uh, Your Patriot Gold Group has a no-fee-for-life IRA where your IRA and your 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may be eligible for the no-fee-for-life IRA. The point is that with the inflation that's coming, with the inflation that has already arrived and that which is expected, with the likelihood of a bust on Wall Street, akin to that that happened in 2009-2007 and is going on now, you would be much safer, much more insulated, much more protected by investing in gold. So call 800-356-4470, the Patriot Gold Group, 800-356-4470. Patriot Gold Group is Consumer Affairs' top-rated gold IRA dealer five years in a row. So call them, 800-356-4470. The... uh, the change in the Latino vote is really historic. It reminds me of 1964, <laughs> I was alive then, when uh, the black community that had previously voted heavily Republican in all previous elections, uh, largely because Lincoln was Republican and the racists in the South were all Democrats. But when Johnson got the Civil Rights Bill passed and then the Voting Rights Bill passed, And when Goldwater, the Republican candidate, voted against it, even though a majority of the Republican senators voted for it, it turned the black community against the Republican Party permanently. And the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and the 20 years of this decade, they have been solid props for the Democratic Party. And the Latino vote, everybody assumed would follow suit. They loyally played the role they were supposed to play in Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Coalition. But they never found the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. They were always the tail on the dog uh, of, the, of, of civil rights. 
They were always the rear end. They weren't the main focus. And now with critical race theory and Black Lives Matter, they're taking second place again. But the issue of patriotism, the issue of the uniqueness and importance of America is driving Latinos to vote Republican. And in states like New Jersey, to a lesser extent in Virginia, there aren't many Hispanics, you're seeing a real change in all of the polling because of the Hispanic vote. A very, very important change that's taking place. Uh, let's go to, um, I'm sorry, let's go to Russ in Milford, Milford, Connecticut. Hi, Dick. How are you? How are you doing good? How about you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. And, uh, you know, I'm so done with the virus. Everywhere you go, whether it's on TV or the notifications on your phone, it all, it's, it, it, it's like, it's, the, and, you know, the politicians, they're all, like, playing into um, the fear mongering. You know, I'm so tired of it. Right. Well, and, uh, I don't even I don't even bother with a mask anymore. You know, when I, when I go to the bank and they, you know, you see everybody wearing a mask, I, I don't even bother. I'm just done with the whole thing. The, yeah. the, the, the irony of this is, have you had your vaccines? I did. Uh, yeah, so what, so what do you, why do people care whether you wear a mask or not? Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And no one, no one speaks up against me. Uh, I went to a, a major bank the other day, and uh, I was the only one without a mask. And there were fifteen customers in the bank. They all had masks on. Uh, the all, all the employees when, had their masks on. I just when I went to my bank and was wearing a mask, I told them, uh, "Be careful that if somebody comes in to rob you, they have a gun. If they just have a mask, they might just be fighting COVID, not planning to rob you." It's so funny to walk into a bank and everybody's masked. Uh, let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. Hi, Judith. Hi, Mr. Morris. Thanks for taking my call. I oh, always take on. your call. You're my favorite thank you. caller. Thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. I'm your favorite caller. That's really something. That's special coming from you. That's an honor. I have to tell you. Thank it's a big you. privilege. Um, so what I want to say. Well, first of all, I have to laugh because um, – you heard they said racism now is a health issue, and I'm I'm laughing my head off. Like, what racism are they talking about? Number one, you know, we 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 had Obama for two, twice we voted for Obama recently. We have Kamala Harris as vice president. Okay, yeah. first, uh, you know, a colored woman as they call it. We've had Colin Powell, who was like yep. worked himself up African American at a hard time, and yet look how great he became. And, and there's one, one other statute that's really interesting: the African American population in the United States is thirteen percent, twelve percent of the population. Do you know what percent blacks are of the U.S. House of Representatives? Twelve. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. You, to say there's racism uh, without electoral history is ridiculous. Uh, well, you know, Mr. Mars, I wanted to say the real racism right now is actually against all whites. Think about it. Yeah. That's where that, that, with the CRT and everything we are being, you know, anyone that's white, everyone that's white is being targeted. And and it's against the whites now. Racism is now active in America, but against all whites. Yep. That's the truth. And, and the same impetus of blame another group, blame another ethnic group for your troubles is animating that. Uh, it's it's really incredible. I want to switch topics now and talk a little bit about China. Uh, I believe that China is fundamentally changing into a strong socialist communist country. 
with a communist economy. I think that Xi Jinping, Xi Jinping, the head of China, is determined to bring back Mao's cultural revolution and Mao's uh, doctrinaire socialist communist economic theories. And we know what happens when somebody does that. We know that when somebody moves in that direction, they are uh, going to have a command economy that's going to extinguish the profit motive. And without a profit motive, you don't have an economy. And without an economy, you can't have a military. That's the lesson of Russia's collapse. And she is completely ignoring that message. The changes that are going on in China are not being widely understood. Uh, when Deng took over after Mao, his slogan was, let some people get rich first. And the concept was that some people have to get rich and then all of us can follow suit. Now, Xi's regime is basically saying, let some people get poor first so we can take their money and redistribute it to poorer people in rural country areas. And that is the opposite of the kind of policies that you need to develop a strong, develop and continue a strong military. So we're all concerned about what China is going to do to Taiwan, what it's going to do to the U.S., what it'll do to the globe. But I think we are ignoring the fact that China's move to the left is probably undermining it in a huge and important way. Let me go to Bruce in New Jersey who has a question about the Jersey governor's race. Hi, Bruce. Oh, hi, Dick. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. At the uh, uh, debate for governor uh, recently in uh, Murphy's uh, closing remarks, in one sentence he said uh, he mentioned Trump, Confederate flags, and dog whistle. Uh, He was loudly booed by the audience. I think it was a weak attempt by him to uh, uh, say that uh, supporters of uh, Jack Cittarelli are either white supremacists or uh, racists, and it backfired on him. He's trying to wrap himself in the Biden, uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter uh, banner in the effort to increase uh, black turnout. Uh, He knows that African-Americans are getting really angry at him and at the Democrats for the layoffs as a result of failure to vaccinate. He knows that they are in serious trouble for failing to deliver on the agenda that they promised when they ran and that at, at, at least the blacks will be unenthusiastic in this race and at most will actually vote against him. And he decided to send out a dog whistle that will turn off white voters uh, and not generate black votes. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling there's something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle.
we're coming up with a mayor on a mayoral election in New York, and uh, we need to consider uh, whether we want Adams as the mayor or uh, Curtis Stilwa. And uh, I believe that we have got to understand that New York City has decayed and fallen apart uh, since Bloomberg left office. And uh, all of the signs are there that New York is going the way of San Francisco. Now, will Adams change that? He might. He's sending out helpful and positive signals to make sure that white middle-class voters vote for him. Uh, but there's only one way to make sure that New York is going to recover, and that's by backing Curtis. His long history of fighting crime, uh, his work uh, in uh, going to the aid of crime victims, really attests to his seriousness with which he views the issue. So let's hear from Gino in Hackensack. Hey, Gino. Hi, Gino. How you doing there? Doing good. My friend? Doing good. How about you? Pretty okay, my friend. Listen, I just want to bring up a few important points. It's absolutely disgraceful what's going on in once, once one of the greatest cities in the world. Think about this. The Bumio, or the Scumio, as I refer to Warren Wilhelm, doesn't deserve an Italian name, released 6,500 hardened criminals from Rikers Island, and Cuomo, thank God Cavono's out, released 6,500 convicted criminals in state prison, put them in the Hotel Stadler and Hunt, Hotel Pennsylvania, $400 a night, four-star hotels at our expense. He all, they also gave them gift cards for chain clothing stores, gift cards for chain restaurants, free cell phones, and, and sporting events tickets free, which we pay for. Those are all, that's a great bill of particulars you got there, Gino, but I would just stay with the fact that murderers in New York City are up over 30%, and uh, cops understand that they enforce the law only at their peril. And uh, if New York goes uh, Democrat or continues to be Democrat, you're going to see a law passed that strips cops of their conditional immunity. And that means that if an officer abuses someone's civil liberties, in the opinion of the person who was just arrested, and he then sues, you can seize his pension, his uh, bank account, his home, his car, and get him fired from his job. So when they see, when a cop sees somebody uh, going after someone in the street or beating them up or stealing a woman's purse, are they going to go after the criminal? Are they going to tackle him? Are they going to put his hands behind his back and slap him in handcuffs and drag him to a police car, knowing that next week he might show up as the plaintiff in court, suing them for damages uh, with an attorney artfully, uh, making it appear that the that you were at fault, not the criminal, uh, and you'll appear before a jury that may be heavily stacked with uh, with people who would be sympathetic to the criminal, not to the victim. Are you willing to risk your whole life livelihood doing that? I don't think most cops are, and I think that is a recipe for real disaster here. Um, I think that, that we have to understand the, the stakes that are involved here in this mayoral race uh, and in the, the entire election process we're going through. We talked a little bit earlier about how the vaccine mandate is really hurting the Democrats, particularly in Virginia and in New Jersey. 
I want to hear from Doug from West Trenton, New Jersey, about that. Hey, they had a commentary on that, Daniel Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. And there was a podcast. The judge says he's going to arrest me if I could prove he took a bribe. And Daniel's WordPress says, blur the other lines. I'm on a forced marriage, needs protection, a human trafficking ring. Obtaining me is easy to search and click online. They sell the girls online. Says, I'm isolated from my friends and neighbors. Is that okay? Pumps children will unhealthy. I'm completely surrounded. There's no escape. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I think that clearly the vaccine mandate is terrible. And I think it's really backfiring against the Democrats. And I think you're going to see that in these elections. Why should you care? Well, because if the Democrats lose Virginia and New Jersey, the odds are that Biden will fail to pass the package that he's trying to pass in Congress. He's not going to get $3.5 trillion. He might not get $2 trillion because those defeats will show the Democrats that they can't rely on the ticketing effect. Let me take you back in time a little bit to 19, to 2016 when Hillary was running for election against Trump. After the failure to report emails and disclose emails was thoroughly investigated, the FBI came to the conclusion that, yes, she was horribly careless, but not criminally negligent in having her own email server. Why did she have her own email server? The reason is obvious to anyone that knows the Clintons, and I sure know them. Uh, They were taking money from the Clinton Foundation. Uh, They had a little scam going where Bill Clinton would – give a speech, and uh, and everybody would uh, pay him money for the speech. And the, in return, his wife, the Secretary of State, would rule in their favor on endless issues that came before the State Department that directly benefited these clients or their countries. And the State Department, the FBI investigation, uh, did not reveal criminal wrongdoing. But then it turned out that in the investigation of Anthony Weiner, the congressman from New York, who was mired in a sex scandal, they found 600,000 emails, new emails, on his server that really were Hillary's emails that she had put there to hide them so that she wouldn't have to produce them if she was subpoenaed for her own emails. It was actually an Uma Abedin's email, her, her closest aide and best friend. The existence of those additional emails appeared as a leak in the Wall Street Journal. And the premature conclusion that there was no problem there uh, also appeared in the Wall Street Journal. The reason the pro-Clinton leak took place was that Andrew McCabe, who was the deputy director of the FBI at the time, leaked it to the Wall Street Journal. After the leak came out, The Inspector General, Horowitz, investigated him and came to the conclusion that he had deliberately and willfully leaked information to influence the election. And the reason he probably did that was that his wife was running for office uh, and had received received campaign contributions steered to her by Terry McAuliffe, the Clinton longtime loyalist who is running now for for, uh, governor of Virginia that he had had donors give to her campaign. So McAuliffe and McCabe were engaged really in a conspiracy to try to influence the election by issuing by issuing leaks. 
and Horowitz and McCabe lied to Horowitz when Horowitz investigated him. Now it appears that the decision that Donald Trump made to strip McCabe of his pension, to fire him, and to deny him a plaque commemorating his service in the FBI is being reversed by Joe Biden. He now is restoring the pension, restoring his seniority, and restoring the place of honor conveyed by that plaque. It is outrageous that McCabe is being let off with nothing, not even a slap on the wrist. Uh, this man used the media to spread propaganda that would influence the election uh, and deliberately fed information in violation of the FBI rules and in violation of the Department of Justice guidelines uh, in order to try to help elect Hillary president. And uh, he was part of the deep state. He oversaw the efforts of the deep state to frame Donald Trump in the phony Washington, phony Washington Moscow collusion scandal to try to pretend that he was a tool of the uh, of the of the Russians and uh, invent phony evidence about that. He was the only person of any consequence who has been prosecuted or suffered harm as a result of their chicanery in the scandal. And he's the only one that was fired, stripped of his pension, and so forth. And now Biden has completely reversed that and said, it's fine, don't worry about it, you may now retire with honor, and above all, you can keep your pension. It is outrageous. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right Here I am, stuck in the middle with you Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you And I'm wondering what it is I should do One of the really important races that's up this November uh, coming up in, in uh, a little over a week, is the election for district attorney of Manhattan. This is not only relevant to the people of Manhattan. The DA of Manhattan, who used to be Robert Morgenthau, was a, absolutely the seminal figure in law enforcement, uh, particularly white-collar crimes in the country. And uh, under Cyrus Vance, the current district attorney, it has been horribly politicized by the left, dragged to the left. And you can't have a crackdown on crime without a DA to prosecute. We're all focused on the cops and making sure that they feel free to act, making sure that they're able to to uh, function effectively. But, okay, once they arrest somebody, uh, what happens to them? Uh, are they given a total slap on the wrist and told goodbye, only to show up again at the revolving door terminal? Uh, we've got today Thomas Kenneth, who is uh, running for district attorney uh, as a Republican in the election in 10 days. Uh, he's been on our show before and very important to come out and vote for him. Hi, Tom. Hey, Dick. Thanks for having me back. Good. It's great. So um, when you were on about four or five weeks ago, 
we were just beginning to understand what would happen if the Democrats won this race. And you were like, you spoke about it in part, and I'd like to hear a lot more about that. Yeah, well, you know, it just keeps getting worse, and the narrative just gets keeps getting more extreme. I was making a point in an interview I did earlier that when they rolled out this bail reform in 2019, everyone knew it was going to be a disaster. I was one of the people that said, look, th- this is a, a prelude. What they really want is to empty our prisons. What they really want is no more jails. Now, not to sound too prophetic, because at that time I figured I was talking, you know, where we'd be 10 years down the road. I didn't think we'd be there within a matter of months. And sure enough, we now have members of our United States Congress, like AOC, probably the majority of our dysfunctional city council, actually rallying outside Rikers with the hashtag free them now. They want to empty the prisons of everyone. This is a very important point. Alvin Bragg, who is your opponent, uh, would be part of that effort. And to have a DA who's in favor of emptying the prison is, is completely oxymoronic. Their job is to fill the prison, and if they believe it should be emptied, how are they going to be able to prosecute people effectively? Absolutely. You would think that he is running for chief public defender. In fact, uh, he has sat on the board of directors for the Legal Aid Society for many years. Remember when they were rolling out the bail reform in New York, there were a lot of moderate Democrats who said, hey, if we're going to pass this law, we at least have to have a public safety exception. So judges have still have the discretion to set bail on people that are demonstrably dangerous. It was the political wing of the Legal Aid Society that opposed that. Unfortunately, they were very successful. And it was my opponent who was aggressively backing them. I think that it's important for us to understand that we are entering a new era in the debate over law enforcement. In the old era, the issue was how severe are we going to be on those who commit crimes. What sentences are we going to give them? Are we going to have the death penalty? Are we going to uh, allow furloughs and paroles and probation? What will our policies be? Now we are dealing with something completely different. The left is saying decriminalize crime. Eliminate the concept of crime. Uh, Crime is a manifestation of social discrimination in the past, Crime is the product of victimization based on racism, and it is an excuse to incarcerate black and Hispanic people. And, in fact, they call it uh, felony disenfranchisement. Uh, You can't vote, and you're locked out of society because you committed felonies. And it's reaching the point where they really believe that the purpose of our drug laws is not to stop kids from using drugs, not to keep the poison off our streets, not to stop the infecting of our society by drugs. It is the deliberate effort to incarcerate and disenfranchise blacks. That's what it boils down to. That's their rhetoric. That's what they're saying. And a host of radical left-wing, damn near communist DAs have been elected in this country using the funding provided by billionaire George Soros. Gascon in Los Angeles, uh, the DA in San Francisco, is actually related to the the the, the, uh, the offspring of Bodine, the weatherman terrorist, uh, and the DA in uh, Philadelphia. All fall into that category, and now we have Alvin Bragg running to be like that in Manhattan. 
Alvin Bragg is part of that same playbook. Alvin Bragg has received a million dollars in funding from George Soros via the Color of Change PAC. He doesn't deny it. I, he, I confronted him with, on, with him on the debate. He said he was proud of it. Um, and it is exactly that. This is not a, a grassroots movement that was born here in New York City, that was born in, in Alvin Bragg's Harlem. This is a national movement. Uh, it came west and moved east, as many things do. And it is based on the notion that they are going to disrupt American society, replace it with something else. I'm not sure what, but but nothing that I'm pretty sure most people would like um, because they believe the system is unjust. And, and, and a point I bring up always is that the very people that the left say they're fighting for, black and brown folks in underserved communities, are the ones most terrorized by the policies they, they bring in with this radical progressivism. Because when there's a 90% increase in shootings, a 50% increase in murders, we know that not only a, a majority of that, uh, the vast majority of that is going to hit most devastatingly at those black and brown communities. That's well, the think, tragedy. I think something like 85% of the victims of murder in New York City are themselves African-American or Latina. We can talk about the, the, the victims of murders, shootings. Who's the victims of, of, of drug trafficking? You know, where do they descend on? Where do they recruit from? They don't recruit for, 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 from the white neighborhoods. They recruit from underserved black and brown neighborhoods, um, street gangs, bloods, crips, so forth. The most vulnerable children in New York City, those 14 and 15-year-olds, our studies show that that is the prime recruiting age for gang activity come from the very neighborhoods that, again, Alvin Bragg and his people say that they're fighting for, but their policies are really fighting directly against their interests. Thomas Kinoff is really leading the fight here to protect us, to change the whole direction and thrust of our policy. Uh, The left wants to empty Rikers, not send anyone to state prison. They not only don't want mandatory minimum sentences, they don't want sentences. Uh, They don't want imprisonment. Uh, they don't believe that there is such a thing as crime. They think there is only acting out because of justified social discrimination that they've suffered, justified grievances. And their equity agenda extends to literally decriminalizing crime. Uh, and, and that is what we're facing here. We're facing DAs that will not prosecute. In uh, Los Angeles, for example, they passed a law saying if you commit a crime and you are a member of a gang, you can go for an enhanced penalty. The DA there won't do it. He absolutely refuses to. They passed another law in California saying three strikes and you're out. Three felony convictions, a violent crime, and you have to get a life sentence or the death penalty. But the DA has to ask for it, and the DA there won't ask for it. Uh, the uh, In Philadelphia, a p- guy who murdered a cop was sentenced to three years in prison because they refused to ask for enhanced penalties. These are the things that are going to come to New York if Bragg is elected, and these are the things that Kenneth will stop from coming to New York. This is not an issue of, of partisanship or an issue of, of liberal or conservative. The issue is, do you want where you live to become uninhabitable? Do you want where you live to become uninhabitable? Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to the issue of victimization that that I touched on earlier. You know, the the victims of these policies, 
we're all victimized by them because you have obviously the innocent victims of violent crime that are victimized the most. You have society in general that suffers. Look at the exodus we've had from Manhattan over the last year and a half uh, since these uh, radical policies have been put in place. We need to attract businesses and residents back. You're never going to be able to do that if you can't reasonably assure people, you know, safe passage on the streets. And thirdly, who is also victimized? The criminal defendants, because a lot of people don't understand the criminal justice system isn't all about just incarcerating people. There are opportunities for intervention that you can have if you address crime at the lowest level that you miss if you ignore it. That individual, my my opponent says he doesn't want to prosecute any shoplifting cases. That individual that's committing a low-level shoplifting offense may graduate to armed robbery in a few years unless you intervene at that level and maybe get them the education, the services, the help they need. So it is just an across-the-board policy that the progressive lefts are, are intru- progressive left is introducing that at its best is anti-societal, at its worst is homicidal. And there is no phrase more misleading than the name of the movement Black Lives Matter because transparently – they believe black lives do not matter because the major way of taking black lives is a murder of a black person by a black person. And by failing to prosecute, by failing to insist on real penalties, by releasing them wholesale from prison, by not locking them up when they come here illegally and commit a crime, uh, you are literally saying black lives do not matter. You better believe it. I mean, we're talking about the concept Black Lives Matter. You better believe they do. All lives matter. All life is precious. Um, and, and, and the fact that, that so many uh, black and brown people are born into uh, adverse situations because of socioeconomic history of racism and so forth is all the more reason why we need to protect them. But the Black Lives Matter movement at least is, you know, I don't know what their intentions are, but what their policies are are antithetical to the advancement of black people. Stick around, Tom. I've, uh, I've got to do some, make some money here. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> uh, e- economists and Wall Street are sending every signal they possibly can that we are in a gigantic bubble here and that the bubble may well burst as it had, did in 29, 99, 2007 and threatens to do today. And the hallmarks are all there, this unbelievable inflation, the Fed saying they're going to raise rates six or seven times in the coming year. Uh, the Democrats pursuing the largest tax hike in a generation. And there is only one shelter in a storm, gold and silver. Uh, in all of the past bubbles that have burst and the crashes that eventuated, gold and silver kept their value. That's why you should call the Patriot Gold Group at 356-4470. That's 800 356 4470. Patriot Gold Group is the Consumer Affairs top-rated gold dealer for five years in a row. So call them at 800-356-4470. Do you think that the Republicans have a shot at winning the mayoralty in this year election? You know, I mean, to be honest with you, Dick, I'm, I'm so consumed with my own race. I can't follow anyone else's too closely. I, I support Curtis. 
I've been out with him. I like what he's doing. Why? Because he stands up for law and order, and he's lived it. Uh, Eric Adams is talking a big game. I hope he's true to it, but I have to be distrustful of Eric Adams because even though he has said publicly that he agrees with me on reforming the bail reform, that he agrees with me that we need to get our plainclothes anti-crime police back on the streets, both of which my opponent opposes, um, you know, he, he's come out and endorsed my opponent. I don't know how you could say that you stand for law and order, but you're going to support Forget party affiliation. It's meaning it should be should be meaningless in a local race like this. So you're for law and order, but you're going to support a Soros backed candidate that is the antithesis of law and order. It's a very good point that we are dealing with the ultimate kind of opposition uh, in uh, in the in, in Bragg. We're talking here not about somebody who is uh, center left or slightly left or a Democrat. We're talking about somebody who is a socialist and potentially even a communist uh, who not only doesn't want to get tough on crime, he wants to legalize it. The point you just made about plainclothes policemen, what are we supposed to do? Advertise there's a policeman on your block right now walking up the block. He's on the street. Watch. Look, there goes the policeman. Uh, You're going to catch a lot of criminals that way. Actually, you might because there's no consequence. The cop's not going to do anything. And if he does, he'll be sued and risks losing his pension, his job, his livelihood, uh, and his home. Uh, so maybe there is no problem. Uh, but you, you have a, a, a determined left here that, is, that sees crime and criminal justice as the ultimate tool of suppression by the white race and by the white community. And standing between us and that philosophy in the prosecuting chair, not in the defense chair, but in the prosecutor's chair, standing alone against that is Thomas Kenneth. And you should vote for him on election day because if you know what's good for you and you know what's very bad for you, you need to keep Bragg out of the DA's office. Let him be controller. Let him be uh, public advocate. Let him be mayor. But for God's sakes, leave our our district attorney as somebody who will prosecute crime. Well, we've talked today about a bunch of things. First of all, my feeling that the that the black community is hates the layoffs of black workers because they haven't been vaccinated. They take the view that if you got your shot, what possible concern is it of yours that I haven't gotten mine, and should I be deprived of my livelihood? my home, my children's being able to eat uh, so that you can make a political point. I think that, that, the, that the backlash there is coming and that there's huge evidence in the polling now that Hispanics are shifting their votes, uh, moving more toward the Republicans and, uh, in fact, becoming a base element in the Republican Party. Um, so we need to conclude by urging you to get out and vote for Thomas Kenneth, the district attorney on week from Tuesday. Thanks for listening. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.